Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 59 of Dill and Al Talk NFL. Uh, today we have uh, some teams opening up mini camps today. Uh, a couple of those teams involved that are opening up camps today are Detroit Lions and probably the most watched mini camp in the NFL right now. And it's the Green Bay Packers. And, and we, we all know why. Obviously, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know why, Aaron Rodgers has decided to not go to mini camp. He didn't go to the voluntary OTA period. Uh, I don't believe so. so he just no, didn't he just straight up didn't show up. And it's like a $90,000 fine for each day doesn't show up. But the Packers are trying to make some excuse up for him not to come so he doesn't have to pay the fines. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Obviously, we had some big breaking news in the NFL on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, as the Julio tra- Jones trade finally got done. If you didn't hear about it, Julio Jones is going to the Tennessee Titans for a second round pick and a fourth round pick. So we'll I think I think they got I think they got a good snipe for him. You know, they that didn't have to give a up perfect, a first. That was a perfect Obviously, Julio's gonna be going into his age 32 season coming up this year. Mm-hmm. So you didn't want to give up a first, I don't think. I think teams were gonna be overpaying for a first, but uh we're gonna have our Titans insider on Cam. He is very excited about Julio Jones coming on. We're gonna talk a little bit about what this brings for the Titans in 2021. Yep. Uh, we're gonna be talking a few other things with him. And then we're going to be closing out the day with our new segment, kind of kind of newish still. It's our third week doing it. It is um, Young Players with Hall of Fame Potential. We did hint the theme for this week's episode last mm-hmm. week at the end. We are going to be talking about Alabama players. Yep. We, You have an offensive player. I'm going to be doing my first defensive player of the series. So we'll be breaking down those guys and their chances for the Hall of Fame. But, uh, you know, we got a little bit of news and notes here. It was kind of a slow week in the NFL. Last week we obviously talked Tim Tebow. We talked more about Julio Jones. We talked about Todd Gurley having that workout with the Lions. Yeah. You mentioned Delaney Walker having a workout with the Niners. He didn't get signed. We, um, the only really news that we had, we've already mentioned. Yeah. It was obviously the big Julio trade, and then Rodgers not going to minicamp. Yeah, I, and that's the thing, though. Is him not going to minicamp? Does that kind of signify that he's not coming back? I don't know. Yeah. I think he's trying what to force the hand of the organization saying, hey, you know, I want more money or whatever he wants. I think he wants, he wants, he wants the GM gone, obviously, but I don't know what else he wants. You're telling me if you're the Green Bay Packers, we're looking sitting here about three months away from – or four months away from – no, three months. I'm sorry. It's June, not May. We're, like, oh, we're about three months away. Yeah. From the start of the season. And you're telling me three months before your team's going to open up the 2021 season, you want your GM to be fired just to keep your star quarterback around? Sounds a little fishy to me. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a better chance. I've said it multiple times. I think Aaron Rodgers has a better chance of retiring and going to host Jeopardy like he wants to do versus him coming back for this season with the Green Bay Packers. When does the uh, NFL season start this year? I'm trying to look. September. I believe it's it's September 9th. Maybe that sounds about right. Let me pull up my calendar here. It's the first it's Thursday. It's in 93 days. Okay, so it's the first. I know it's the first Thursday because it's Cowboys Bucks is the first game. Oh, that's so August. we're 93 days away. Yeah. Rodgers doesn't come to minicamp. Yep, uh, September 9th. So that, to me, tells me, he, like you're saying, he's trying to force the hand. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it can get done. Which means I think Rodgers is on his way out. But then that, that the thing is, if we were going to see the Rodgers trade, I feel like it should have already happened. Mm-hmm. And the precedent's been set. You look at Stafford trade way yeah. back week before the Super Bowl. Which is why we got a first and we got two seconds. Mm-hmm. And then we got Jared Goff. The flip. That's why I think when you're saying Drew Locke and Rodgers flip. Drew Locke and Rodgers fit would be ideal, I think. 
You saw what the Julio Jones market was. It was a second and a fourth. The, the, the market's out there. Yeah. So teams are going to start calling, I think, again, starting this week. Now seeing what, you know, a star player in Julio Jones, who wasn't very happy in Atlanta, got, you know, what the Falcons got in return for him. The Packers are going to be starting to field some calls, I think, again, yeah. on him. And you may see it in the next week or two. Something may develop mm-hmm. because, obviously, of what happened with Julio. Now, how much are teams going to be willing to pay for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's 36 years old. You may only get him for a year. You may get him for three or four years. It's the same deal with Julio Jones, and that's why I think it was a great idea that the Titans didn't offer a first-rounder to Atlanta. Second and fourth was perfect, and I can't wait to talk more about that with Cam because he's not only – I know the trade's good. Mm -hmm. Cam is a dedicated Titans fan. He knows the in and outs. He knows what it's going to mean for the offense. Mm -hmm. I saw in his notes he's – Oh, man, he kind of went off a little bit. He went off, and, you know – I'm excited for that. I like the Julio trade. Mm-hmm. I think, like you're saying, though, it showed me the market value for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. By giving the second and fourth for an aging player, if if you if, if I'm the Broncos, I offer a second and fourth, and I offer Drew Locke, it, it, yeah. I, I don't know where else I could see him really going. I don't either, besides, man. Besides the Broncos. Yeah. That's, that's really, I mean, that was the team that really was the big, you know, that was the team that was in the running for him during the yeah. draft talk. I didn't really hear other many other teams 49ers involved. 49ers, thought, just because the, the, the connection. That's yeah. that he was a big 49er fan. Obviously, watching Montana yeah. as he was growing up, Steve Young, maybe towards his, yeah. uh, his college days when he was there at Cal. Mm-hmm. But that would be a, the only other team I think that he could go to. Yeah. You look around the league, everybody's got a quarterback that's in contention right now. I'm not saying, you know, all the teams out of contention, they're going to be way out on him. The other dark horse, and we mentioned it when we talked to him um, right after the draft, is the Browns. Yeah. Now you have a very you have a lot of high hopes for the Browns, with, but that's with Baker Mayfield. Championship Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's with Baker Mayfield. I don't, I just don't know if the Browns would do that or not. How do you think the fan base would react to that? Baker if Mayfield. I'm the fan base, I'm pissed because Baker's just Baker led them to their first city. playoff win in like almost twenty years, going into Pittsburgh putting up forty nine against the Steelers. If Baker can get the Browns to win the division, and if he can get, I mean, I, I think Super Bowl. But if he can prove this to me this season, I'll get the tattoo. Okay. I'll get it on my ankle. I'll get it on my leg. I'll put it as part of the. We're gonna get a little teardrop. Yeah. A little Baker, little Baker Mayfield teardrop. Baker on my face. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm holding it down. If Baker if Baker can do it, I'll I'll keep it as a reminder of, of a time I was proven wrong mm-hmm. about a player. And uh, I mean, but I think their chances would only go up if they got Rodgers. Yeah. If Rodgers was throwing to a healthy Odell Beckham, Bro, a healthy Rogers, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. It's it's over, I think, with with the best one-two running back duo in the league in Hunt and Chubb. Yeah. You got Chubb will go for 1,000 yards, I think, this year. Yeah. And I think Hunt can go 500-500 potentially, yeah. 500 receiving, 500 rush. Yeah. And he probably could get anywhere from, I would say, about six to eight touchdowns because yeah. he's so versatile. He can be your third down back. He can be, he can be your screen back. Yeah. You can throw him in the slot. The guy can run the route tree with the, with the best receivers, I think. Yeah. You look at Njoku, he had a good year. The defense, the line is really starting they to develop a little bit. Davion, you look at the – yeah, they got Clowney. Yeah. Obviously, Miles Garrett, yeah. number one draft pick, finally yeah. starting to live up Finally starting to live up with some of his, those number one pick expectations last year. Yeah. And then they really built up that secondary well this year. I like what you said. They got – They can only get better. Mm-hmm. They, get they got John Johnson, and they got Troy Hill from the Rams. Yeah. They drafted Delpit last year. They got Denzel Ward. They got Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Denzel Ward – 
I would say he's up there in the top three or four most underrated corners in this league. Yeah, he no. was. They used and a first round up. pick on him, yeah. and he really hasn't, you know, proved much of it. But being that hometown guy, being that hometown guy, he had a lot of expectations. He went to Ohio State, so those Browns fans knew a lot about him, as most of them probably up in that area are Buckeye yeah. fans, and they had a lot of high expectations for that hometown kid. And he kind of struggled a little bit his first year. Picked it up a little bit last year, but he was in I think. Yeah, yeah, he was in the Madden, the Madden player tournament during quarantine last year. But I really think he can have one of the most breakout seasons by a corner this year. I, I agree there, and I think if if you get Rodgers, like you're saying, it can only if, get better. If I think this is a very very, do- but it's at the same time, I thought the Titans were a dark horse to get Julio. I, I thought it was Seattle. I thought it was Ravens. I thought it was Patriots. But then Tennessee, ten- the name Tennessee came up. And I thought, oh, there's a chance maybe. Interesting now to have him and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's going to have a chance to learn from one of the greatest receivers. I think he warmed up last year in a Julio jersey. Yeah. So you know how much he meant, he admires and just looks up to mm-hmm. Julio Jones. Now to have Julio Jones as your mentor, one of the best receivers yeah. in the league, is your mentor is now. A.J. Brown, does he wear 11 though? I or saw a tweet about that this so afternoon. I want to get to that. Let me let me pull it up real quick here. I'm gonna keep talking about Julio and uh, to the Titans here while I find that. Yeah. Um, he said number eleven is mine. He offered it to Julio Jones, but he said I'm gonna be number eleven. Him being AJ Brown is gonna be number eleven until he retires. So I don't know what Julio's gonna be wearing. Maybe maybe he goes to single digits. I believe he maybe was number. One. I believe he was number eight at Alabama. So I could see him maybe going number eight route if a Titans offensive or defensive player didn't pick number eight. But, yeah, definitely not going to be a number 11. So you're not going to be seeing the uh, usual Julio Jones number 11 in Tennessee. That'll be staying with A.J. Brown. And obviously a good pickup. I had, um, They were talking about it. I forgot Corey Davis is now no longer on the He's team. A jet. He's a Jet now. So he kind of is going to fit. Maybe A.J. Brown fits more into that number two role now. And then A.J. Brown's going to get his spot taken by Julio. Mm-hmm. I, that offense is going to be scary. We'll definitely Ryan Tannehill will be, if he wasn't already for me, he will be the top quarterback to watch this year, I think. Because Watch his development because of the receiver game. That's the thing. Though. You look at if, you're going to look at Stafford develop off. a little bit more because now he's got a great yeah. set of receivers. You're going to look at Wentz. Robert. Wentz is going to develop a little bit more in Indianapolis. Obviously, a because he is reunited with Frank Reich. Yeah. And um, b because he's going to have Pittman. He's going to have uh, Ty. Even though mm-hmm. Ty is on a little bit of the down slope. No, yeah. Ty did wasn't he a Ty a free agent? He resigned. Right? Did he resign? I thought he signed with somewhere else. Uh, then the Bengals are coming into my head for some reason in terms of for T.Y. He, he, he may have. Uh, no, he's still with the Colts. Yeah, I thought he signed a one-year. For some reason, I thought he was a free agent. I must have been thinking he of – He was a free agent. I must have been thinking of somebody else. But having him and then Zach Paschal, you're going to have Trey Burton um, being the tight end, and then obviously Jonathan Taylor had that amazing rookie season last year. Yeah. But I would put Tannehill in that group with Stafford and Wentz as guys to watch this year for possibly the most improved quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. It looks like um, four-time straight pro bowler T.Y. Hilton, now 31, had a few seasons with injuries, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was set to be a free agent, but he quickly uh, – the Colts re-signed him to a one-year $10 million deal, $8 million being guaranteed. Wow, that's a lot of money. But it says he turned down massive contracts, apparently, to stay with the Colts. Oh, okay. So, so he basically pulled uh, what Juju did. Yeah. Juju had an off uh, – he had like a four- or five-year contract to go to the Ravens, and then he yeah. decided to sign a one-year with the Steelers. So, yeah, same boat. Uh T.Y. obviously a lot older, but yeah. it, it looks just like... just want a healthy... Because when a healthy T.Y. Hilton's out there... He was a monster. He's a monster. 
He is. I you, remember when he came up. You look at him. You look at the connection he had with Andrew Luck. Yeah. Just like you mentioned, that that wild card game, he scored I a couple touchdowns. Days, I do too. That's, I miss the early 2013, 2014, when uh, kind of the college type game was getting introduced. Yeah, the NFL. yeah, that was when Marcus Mariota and Chip Kelly were uh, starting yeah. to come into the league a little bit, and yeah, that, that stuff really um, with Andrew Luck, RG three. You know, Johnny Manziel, even though he wasn't that great. Uh-huh. Teddy Bridgewater. Like, those guys, when they came into the league, the NFL was even different just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And then now you got guys like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Justin Baker. Herbert. Baker. <laughs> Definitely a bright future for the NFL. Dak Prescott is going to be my guy to watch this year. I agree. I, I have him as my comeback player. And and it, 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 week one's going to show me. Is mm-hmm. it going to be a comeback It's prime not? time, too. And it's also the first time we're going to see how how he's been effective. Going to be all the lights are going to be on him. It's, he's going against the world champs that first game of the season on yeah. Thursday night, opening night. I don't think they're going to win. Oh no! They don't have <laughs> no no no! They're they are not going to win. They no. don't have the defense. They have the front seven. I think it's going to be comparable to last year's opener with, te- uh, with the Texans, Texans Chiefs, and the Chiefs, where it was like what like. 40 to 24 or something. It was, yeah, it was kind of a blowout towards the end. I remember yeah. it was a close first half, and then Kansas City kind of pulled I away. I think the offense of the Cowboys is great. Oh, it is. Yeah, you CD, got CD, Amari, Zeke. Zeke, Dak. The line is still phenomenal. You, they lost a few guys, but it's still Michael a good line. Gallup. Who's the other receiver? The thing is, defensively, linebackers, they're fine now. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been Michael fine. They got Parsons, Micah Parsons, Jalen Smith, Jabril Cox. Cox. They have Andrew obviously you got um, Demarcus Lawrence yeah. on the front line. But now you lost your secondary. The secondary. Obviously, you saw the holes that they had with without Byron Jones yeah. last year, and they didn't. They didn't spend those top round picks mm-hmm. on corners. Obviously, no. Cox and Parsons linebackers were like two of their first four picks. Yeah. You look. They were drafting at ten. You had. Sertan went Sertan. Nine. He went, Sertan nine. went nine. They were at ten. You nine. had Horn go eight. They could have gone. I mean, they could have gone any direction they wanted. I believe the Titans picked up uh, J.C. Horn. Yeah. Why didn't they go to uh, Asante Samuel? Exactly. Now he was a second rounder. Why didn't? Or no, he was he? No, he's back end of the first, wasn't he? Asante Samuel, I think, was back end of the he first. He went to the Chargers in the second. Yeah. Sounds about right. And uh, I, I think they should have grabbed him. I don't know. Cowboys need a lot of secondary help. Oh, they got uh, uh, the Titans got Caleb Farley. My bad. Yeah, and uh, uh, J.C. Horn was the first pick by the, the Panthers. Uh, Panthers, and he's wearing number eight for Kobe. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's cool. why. That's why uh, Slay wore twenty four last year. Yeah. But uh, before we get to Cam here, real quick, I want to mention back to the Todd Gurley news. Dan Campbell in his uh, press conference before minicamp said the team is still interested. Did you see what he was wearing? No, he is going to be the marshal for the the grand marshal for the Grand Prix. The Detroit Grand Prix, the, the IndyCar uh-huh. race, is this weekend down at Belle Isle. And, uh, yeah, he decided to just go out there straight up wear a racing helmet. He's so got, goofy. Got roasted on uh, Colin Cowherd's show. Yeah. The national media thinks we're an absolute joke. So uh, what I don't understand about the national media, and I, I watch – okay, I watch First Take. Yeah. I watch Undisputed. I watch Sports Center. I'm all in on the national media. But just some of the things that they come up with to burn time on these debate shows yeah. – Makes no sense. Well, the thing about because you go from Dan Campbell, you go from Dan Campbell and Matt Patricia. It's like going from zero to a hundred. Matt Patricia had no emotion. He would be out there in a in an ATV driving around on the field during practice. He's lazy. He he wanted the Patriot way. He had the backwards hat. He had the pencil. It didn't look like he was involved in the games. 
almost reminded me a little bit of Jim Caldwell, really not as much as I like yeah. Jim Caldwell as a coach. He had zero emotion, and he was a very conservative coach. And now we go from a guy that wants to bite kneecaps off, he wants a lion in the team facility, yeah. he wears a racing helmet to a press conference, and now you're saying it's too much? Ex explain it's, this it's to me. It makes no win. sense. You can't win. The Detroit the Detroit fan base, the Detroit sports yeah. teams, they cannot win in the national media's eye. If, if this was a winning team. A okay, winning let's say Dan Campbell was coaching the Ravens. Yes. Would they be talking about this? No, they would actually – They'd be praising yeah. him for doing this. Exactly. They would be praising him. Until the Lions see some success on the field, you're going to have the doubters. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're always going to have this, – this city's always going to have yeah. the doubters. You look back – That's why I like Dan Campbell. He knows. Mm -hmm. That's why he does. Mm -hmm. And I, I think Dan Campbell was the best signing. Looking back, I was unsure about him. Yeah. One. I, I saw him. A, yeah, I was like, who's this Dan Campbell guy? Position. Yeah, right? We got a tight ends coach. I knew, he, I knew he used to play. Yeah. And he played a year from, I think, yeah. a year or two with the Lions. And then he played with Dallas yeah. the rest of his time. But, you know, you saw the introductory press conference, and it got you fired up. We, we laughed at it a little bit. I think we were together I that day. We were, we were together today when he had that that day that he had the yeah. press conference. And we, we kind of laughed a little bit. But the more we've seen out of him and the more, you know, dare I say shenanigans that he's kind of pulled, yeah. it kind of makes me think maybe this guy really is all in. He's more in already in three months two the or four months as right. the job than Patricia was in three years. But uh, obviously mentioned Todd Gurley has a little bit of interest. Uh, are they going to sign him? I don't know. My personal opinion is he would already been signed if we were going we to get him. Because I figured maybe they wanted him on the field for mini camps. Mm -hmm. Because mini camps start, I believe, today or tomorrow for the Lions as well. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from there. Anything else? No, no uh, News-wise? I mean, news as I mentioned, it's really, really, really slow week. Yeah. It, it, it should be better. Next we'll have week. more to talk about with mini camps. Yeah. Dare I say we may have injuries to talk about. Guys getting out there for the first time yeah. again. Obviously, the OTAs were voluntary, so there weren't probably too many star players out there. We're not going to see Aaron Rodgers that many. No, camps. no. It's going it's to be really interesting to see what Jordan Love can do because now he's going to have in OTAs. He was throwing undrafted rookies basically because Valdez Scantling and um, Devonte Adams uh, and Tunyon didn't show up. Well, they but they're going to obviously it's mandatory so. Yeah. Jordan Love's going to get his first team runs with the Stars, and we'll see. I've heard a lot of people say Jordan Love is playing horrible. He, he The OTAs were just a mess because he's just not ready for it. Now, good. if the star players maybe change that a little bit, you know, he studied a little bit more of the playbook, maybe, you know, the star players sat him down and said, you know, tried to lead that mentorship role maybe. We'll see. We'll see what reports come out of Packers camp this week. Well, that's the thing. If you're going with Jordan Love and he's not looking good, maybe that'll push the Packers to trade Rodgers, get someone in return that's going to be mm. better than Love. Because as much as I've enjoyed watching Blake Bortles over his career, he is the backup in we Green cannot, Bay right now. We cannot watch Blake Bortles. I, I can't watch Blake Bortles. I am not going to be sitting in my couch, on my couch watching Monday Night Football Week 2 watching Jared Goff versus Blake Bortles, two guys that used to be in the same locker room in L.A. Yeah. That will not be very fun. I would rather watch Aaron Rodgers pummel our team 45 to 10 than watch Blake Bortles throw three interceptions. Three I mean, interceptions. as much as I would want the win, I, I wouldn't want it that way. I'm sorry. The year that Rodgers was hurt and we played him twice and we swapped him, I felt bad for those kind of wins, to be honest yeah. with you. I was happy that we beat them, but at the same time, I got no gratification. Because yeah. I'd rather beat an Aaron Rodgers Packer team than a, you know, bum Packer team yeah. with no Aaron Rodgers. That's what I'm saying. But, At least, like, some of the games where we lost, 
that there's things to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the games that we won. I mean, I, we won in Lambo one one year. Went yeah, that was and, that was a year where we were really bad and just yeah. we, we were on some bad. We I think up. we were like one in six or yeah. something, and we went in there and won. And that was a phenomenal game mm-hmm. for both sides. Mm-hmm. And then the team got hot a little bit. Yeah. Which you know you'd figure after a rivalry win, the team would get hot. But hopefully we'll have more news to talk about next yeah. week. But when we come back, we're going to be having Cam on. He is very excited to be on, talking a little Titan football. Obviously, with the acquisition of Julio Jones, we'll get his opinion and how he thinks his squad is going to be doing for 2021. We'll be right back. Hello? What up? What's up? How you doing, buddy? Uh, doing well. Just uh, working full time. So, <laughs> Cam, it's been a minute. Yes. We're talking Titans today. We know you huge Titans fan, so I'm excited because I know you got the inside scoop for us. Oh, um, yeah, I got – let me just pull up my notes. <laughs> yeah, we saw you kind of went crazy there. We were talking about it. I actually, you know, I'm talking about Derrick Henry and his, you know, first couple seasons in the league, and we're kind of doing a series where we talk Hall of Fame potential. I'm giving Derrick Henry's Hall of Fame potential a 95 to 100% right now. Oh, all right. I, I think that 2,000-yard season, you know, was um, phenomenal. And, and you look at the last three guys to do it, two of them were Titans. Yep. So that's, that's got to be a lot of pride for you. How long have you been a Titans fan? I've been a, I've been a Titans fan since uh, – as long as I can remember, since I was uh, – since I was three years old. Wow. So, long time. <laughs> I went through some dark days of two and fourteen, three and thirteen. Seven and nine days. Yeah. Seven and nine, eight and eight. Yeah. That was, that Dude, he he's on Twitter, and um, every time he talks, he says something about his family, or he just tweets something. Um, he, he tweeted about his um, what was it? His granddaughter being born, and a lot of Titans fans were like, "Oh, she's seven pounds nine ounces." <laughs> You were the first person I thought about when I heard about Julio Jones. So uh, if you're ready, just you know, go ahead and, and go for it, man. We know you're really excited about Julio Jones. Oh, yeah. Julio, I am excited. I actually did a podcast of my own talking about the Julio Jones saga a couple weeks ago, and I just saved all the notes that I had there. And holy cow, um, a, lot of, a lot of national media, especially uh, Keyshawn Johnson, are just freaking fools and idiots. Uh, Pat McAfee buried him, rightfully so. Um, everyone's saying that because the Titans are a run-based team, that is going to hurt Julio. Julio doesn't elevate them. But what this does, Julio can help with a, a lot of things. He helps open up the run game even more because now you have to pick your poison. Uh, you can double Julio um, and then let A.J. Brown go over the middle and do his thing. Or uh, you could spend resources on... Not putting eight in a box, putting seven in a box and trying to cover A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, but Derek will eat when it comes to man coverage. So, and another thing to look at there, uh, Julio Jones will help with A.J. Brown's development. With A.J. Brown's physical gifts and just the way he's burst onto the scene in two years in the NFL, making a Pro Bowl last year, All-Pro last year too, um, it just it helps me even more with route running, technique. I mean, you look at it, the physical gifts and Julio's – basically teaching over the next couple of years, yeah, he'll be a monster. We were talking in our first segment here about um, the, the image or the video last year where A.J. Brown was warming up in a Julio Jones jersey. And that shows how much I think that A.J. Brown looks up to Julio Jones. And now having them on the same team, Julio's going to be able to mentor him. And I think that's just going to make A.J. Brown that much of a better player. 
It is. It really is. It really does. Um, it, I mean, he got the best receiver of his generation teaching him. So, and and a player he look he looks up to. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. warming up in a Julio jersey last year. We we mentioned that before you got on. The thing for me, I I think I now have my AFC Championship prediction as Titans Browns. Titans Browns. Wow. I think I I think suddenly hopped on the. Hey, this is what I. <laughs> I have to, I don't know He's on that Tannehill bandwagon. If he somehow wins division, if he somehow game. wins the AFC championship, if he somehow wins the Super Bowl or even makes it, I will tattoo Baker Mayfield on my ass. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was the biggest component of Baker Mayfield's poor play last I would talk good about Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Be like, oh, man, I just, you know, I he's inconsistent, Baker, Baker, man. Like, oh, nah, 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 nah. Now he's like his biggest fan. I, I mean, I'm I think that's not in a Baker jersey right now. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's what it's going to mean to me, though, is if I get this tattoo and if he proves me wrong, it, it, it'll it be a reminder of a time, you know, that, that you know, I made a, a wrong call or, or it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be an interesting thing. I think it'll be funny, too, if when I'm in the old folks' home, I just have a saggy Baker Mayfield on my <laughs> ankle. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I, I have the Titans going AFC Championship now. I, I I think the Chiefs are a great team. They they're one of the, they're they're phenomenal. Their offense is still insane. They improved the line. Yeah, and the and the defensively, like it, it's not just the Julio thing for the Titans. It's the defense. I think you mentioned Bud Dupree, guys like that. They added Cam. Um, yeah, they added Bud Dupree, Danico Audrey, uh, Janoris Jenkins, and then drafted Caleb Farley. So you're looking at. The secondary is all changed up. Amani Hooker steps in for Kenny Vaccaro. Mm-hmm. Caleb Farley replaces essentially Logan Ryan. Uh, Christian Fulton steps up for Mountain Butler. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is a good addition. Uh, Edge with Bud Dupree. So, uh, and, and you look at Caleb yeah. Farley, he was a potential top 10 pick before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So. So, to get him a 22, I believe it where it was, it was very much a steal, kind of similar to the Jeffrey Simmons pick a couple of years ago uh, when they got him at 19. So, I think uh, Big yeah, Jeff... that was and, a steal. It is. So, I think having Bud Dupree and Danico Audrey are going to help free up uh, Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry on the edge and the line, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Titans return all their starters on the... Offensive line, except for uh, Dennis Kelly, but they drafted Dylan Redunds, addressed that in the second round. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be a lot better than that idiot Isaiah Wilson, I can tell you that. <laughs> yep, coming back. Uh, Dad is coming back on the offensive line. He is back. He's chugging down beer. Yeah, and the only like issue in terms of offense will be tight end. But Anthony Berkser has come up in big moments. Uh, you think of the Patriots game a couple years ago when it was third and ten. He came up with a big catch. I believe he caught the only touchdown pass Ryan Tannehill threw in that game, too. Mm-hmm. So, it was big. It hurts. It does hurt. But uh, I think Ferk is just a better uh, catcher than what Johnny was. Johnny was a better athlete, obviously. I mean, you're talking about a tight end that could probably go to distance, catch the ball 70 yards and go. That is Johnny Smith right there. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, so you, you think I should put maybe five 
down if I were ten down on the Titans to win the AFC? Like I, I'd probably get good odds on that. I put I put uh. They're definitely going to win the South. Uh, sorry, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz forgot how to play football last year, and there's no way he's going to remember how to play football again this year. So. I mean, my defense in that is he's going to be back with Frank Wright. I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the Colts are going to win the AFC South. I think this will definitely help Carson Wentz's development, development to make it more of a little bit of a competition in the next three or four years with, between you guys and the Colts. Because you guys have been just running away with it the last you know. I just, I, I just don't believe in Carson Wentz as a quarterback the injury did mess him up. Uh, I mean, you look at his weapons outside of T.Y. Hilton. He has Michael Pittman Jr., who caught like three passes last year. So he's got a good offensive line. Yeah, he had Eric. Where's Eric Ebron now? Eric. He's the best guard in a long time. Best of this generation. So. I think the Jags is going to be – they're up and coming. It's going to be a bit for them, and Houston's just in shambles right now. They're, they're bottom. They're going to be a bottom three team. They are. Um, I mean, the South is very much Tennessee's to lose. If the Titans do not win the division, I'd be very surprised. Uh, a lot of fans would probably be upset if they didn't win the division. Definitely. Um, if they could host another playoff game this time when Nissan's a hundred percent capacity, no one's winning in Nissan. No one's coming in there and winning. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't a full capacity stadium when the Ravens played. Um, they were just banged up too. I mean, tell I believe the only starter on the offensive line that was available for that game was either Nate Davis or Roger Saffold. So. Yeah, not very, yeah, not a very I'm good lineup. Not, not the ideal offensive line that you want. Yeah, but uh, Hill has been amazing. Um, the past twenty-four starts. If you take a look at Patrick Mahomes' past twenty-four starts and Tannehill's past twenty-four starts, Tannehill beats him in passer rating. He beats him in touchdown passes by ten. Um, he's thrown one more interception than Mahomes, and he's thrown for less yards than Mahomes. But pass rating, uh, completion percentage. And touchdowns is where Tannehill has the advantage. And the thing is, Julio's still very much in his prime. I mean, you look at what he had in nine games last year. He had 70, uh, 771 yards, 51 catches. If you just take his averages, what he was averaging, and add that to the seven games he missed, it would be 1,300 yards, 124 catches for the entire season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and he has almost, I mean, almost 13,000 yards and 60 touchdowns. Yeah. Fifteen yards per catch. He has had a one thousand yard game uh, in every season. Uh, one thousand yard season, pardon me. In every season but three. You look at twenty fifteen. Eighteen hundred seventy one yards, eight touchdowns. He averages a hundred. He averages one hundred seventeen yards a game in those stretches. Only averaging about seven and a half catches a game. And then in twenty eighteen, six hundred or sixteen hundred seventy seven yards is on one hundred thirteen catches with eight touchdowns, and only averaging one hundred five yards per game. But still, I mean, if you can even get. And he's still a monster when it comes to possession catches. I mean, you throw up a 50-50 ball, no doubt he's going to come down with it. Yeah, no, Julio, by no means is Julio 
bad or oh, washed. They're not getting a washed up Julio Jones. You're no, they're old. not. He's older, yeah. But you're getting a top 10 receiver. Yeah. Julio is very much still Julio Jones. And um, I think it's going to show – I mean, you look at his physical gifts and just generational talent. Generational talents at the wide receiver or any skill position just don't fizzle out in their early 30s. It usually mm-hmm. takes to their mid to late 30s is when they really fizzle out. I mean, look at for example. The dude put up a 1,000-yard season when he was 40. Yeah. Insane. So. 32. You literally got to pick your poison. I mean, if you put seven in the box and try to play man, a man, Derek's going to eat. You try to cover Julio and AJ with cover three. They're going to beat you out of play action with routes over the middle or to the edge. Mm-hmm. It, it's literally, pick your boys and try, try to stop it. You're not going to. Ain't no stop. He had the 250-yard game in week 17. You don't beat games like that. You still have AJ Brown and you still have Julio Jones and Tannehill. Yeah. He did, and um, I mean, you look at um, another thing to think about. This also, uh, the Titans being a run-based team, yes, Julio's going to see a loss and probably catches and targets, but I think that helps him uh, extend his career a little bit more, too, because he's not going to have to take as much of a beating. He doesn't have to carry. Getting, yeah, he doesn't have to carry. I mean, you look at the Falcons' offense in the past couple seasons, outside of when Devontae Freeman was with Devontae Freeman, the Falcons were just targeting Julio. Julio was the offense at that point. Well, I mean, you saw last year when he went down. They just put all of it on Calvin Ridley. All yep. of it had to be Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So, he had a great year last year. He did have a great year. So I think just having the Julio. With the, the Falcons' problem was they, they, they put it all on one guy. That's, that's why the Falcons didn't see much success after the Super Bowl. And that's why they kind of fell apart in that Super Bowl. Is you, Julio Jones. That catch he made on the sideline of that Super Bowl is oh really my God. The top ten. That's he went sideways. He looked like Michael Jackson doing a dance move on out there. All they had to do was run the ball three times. They kick a field goal and they probably would have won. I swear, I don't know what Kyle that, Shanahan was thinking. That was the greatest catch I've ever probably ever seen in Super Bowl history. Not gonna yeah. lie, it was. What, what's, it gets forgotten. Yeah, because the Edelman catch. Yes, it does get forgotten. but It, it gets forgotten because that happened after, and then they lost. But, I mean, Julio Jones, even at 32, is better than the majority of NFL receivers. He is. It's scary to think. You know, you look at DeAndre Hopkins right now. Mm-hmm. What he's doing in his late 20s. What's DeAndre Hopkins going to be doing in five or six years? If Julio Jones is putting up numbers like this. He's going to yeah. – I mean, D-Hop's going to have some comp. I don't know. He's going to have some competition, I guess. I guess so. But, uh, I mean, you got to look at um, another thing. I think Julio's going to be motivated. I think he's hearing the noise from what the media is saying right now, that he's washed, that he doesn't help the team, and he's going to be pissed. And we saw with pissed off Aaron Rodgers last year, you do not make a player pissed off. They go on an MVP run. Yeah, yeah they'll – I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Julio had at least 1,200 yards next year. 
It wouldn't surprise me. I would not be surprised either. I think that Julio Jones is, is he's going to prove he's still got it this year. And, and, and going to the Titans, he, he wants to play there. He didn't want to play in Atlanta. He even clearly said it on Undisputed. Yeah. He didn't know he yeah. was with Shannon Sharp. That was awesome, though. He said, Shannon, I don't want to be in Atlanta. <laughs> it's so Shannon, funny, bro. Air, right? like, oh. Well, yeah, at, least, I think, at least he got it out, you know. He did. And, um. Yeah, there were there were two teams I thought he would end up at. Well, really three. I thought he would end up with Patriots or Baltimore or Tennessee in that order. I thought it was going to be those three. Seahawks. Uh, I had Seahawks probably around four, or five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really good trade for the Titans in terms of picks. Yeah, I mean, they only trade a second from this year, and a, was it a fourth next year? And then they get a sixth return along with Julio. Yeah. Yeah, they, got, they get a pick back, yeah. I mean, if you look at John Robinson's draft success, he, he hits with his late-round picks. Yeah. Yeah, and any anyone below, you know, we, we talked about, who did we mention? A six-round draft pick in the last two or three weeks. A, a former six-round draft pick who's been killing it in the league. Um, well, yeah, Brady, obviously. But there, there's a recent guy who, um, you know, some of those picks. Sneaky. The seventh round, had, seventh round is maybe one of those rounds where you're just kind of, okay, let me just draft this guy and get him, get him an opportunity to work out with us. But six-rounders yep. can become something. They can. You're going to be looking at these numbers in January when you guys are in the playoffs and see what kind of stuff you can produce. Eight career playoff games, he has 61 catches for 834 yards and six touchdowns. Oh. He averages 104 yards per game in playoff games with about seven and a half catches per. So definitely, I know Atlanta like to, like to feed him a lot, but mm-hmm. I see those numbers being put up in a Tennessee Titan uniform as well, focusing on wise. So that's going to be a big thing to look at January 2022. I know you are going to school at Missouri, so I don't know if you still follow the Clemson Tigers as much. Um, I know you are, you're a big Clemson fan, right? Yeah, uh, did very you much. Arch, did you see Arch Manning over the weekend? Oh, my God, dude. Um, not going to lie. I hope he goes to Clemson. Two schools I either want to go to, Clemson or LSU. He would have so mm-hmm. much success there. Have you, Alex, Both have of you them. Seen, have you seen him for L? No. But Arch Manning, he's attached to the Manning family. He's part of the Manning family. Bro, I got you. It, it, when Arch Manning comes into the draft, Tannehill will probably be around 36, 37. And I'm just saying, I could see J-Rob trading up and drafting a Manning and a Manning and finally in a Titans uniform after being terrorized by one for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he takes five, five steps and he just flicks the wrist. And it's in the air. He does. It's in the air for 40 seconds. Wow. Receiver brings the guy yep. to the two and walks into the end zone. It, it was. Yep. It blew my mind. Insane. And, and he's just a sophomore. Check it out. He just finished his sophomore year of high school.
Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's in his blood. He's athletic. He's got the arm talent, the brain. I mean. And you didn't hear much about him because he's not one of those guys that you see a lot of videos on. He's apparently not on social media is what I've heard. I mean, social so media is a toxic environment. Like, over the phone, I'm like, Arch man. Yeah. The first thought was, I felt like he's a kid. It's his nephew. Yeah. No, he's going to be the next Manning. Clemson quarterbacks, and it's incredible. You go from Deshaun Watson. And then Trevor Lawrence comes in. Mm-hmm. They got Uyanga Lule coming in this year. The guy that um, played in the Notre Dame game when, um, when Clemson star Lawrence got COVID. Yeah. And then I heard something about Uyanga Lule has a brother. And then they go to Arch Man. Wow. Pretty much. That's so, what they should. Thought, and when I heard all that is, I think Clemson can win like six of the next nine national championships. It's Bama and Clemson <laughs> every year. We probably saw enough of Bama and Clemson. We could be winning it for Dude, yeah, freaking... Man. I mean, uh, I, I know, uh, I know the reason why Arch uh, hasn't been on social media as much, and kind of why he went under the radar in terms of his freshman year. The Manning family very much protected him. He, um, there were colleges trying to offer him scholarships his freshman year of high school, and the Manning said no. Like, come back later. He is going to get offered from every big time. Every school. He's going to get offered from every school. Small, big but, but JUCO. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He's going Clemson. I think uh, a team to won't sleep on is Old Miss. I mean, it is his uh, uncle's school, but with Blaine Kiffin there right now, who knows? Yeah, but Tennessee sucks. Tennessee sucks. Ole Miss, the receivers, though. DK, we mentioned Titans, A.J. Brown. Yeah, who do they who uh, are taking this year? Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore. Yeah. But if if you're producing the receiver talent and all you need is the quarterback, there you go. They don't have to. They don't have to Like you're saying, the top three are going to be LSU, Bama. The the family connections are going to be Ole Miss, Tennessee's unlikely, but it's possible because family. But that that's 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 the direction you're taking. Yeah. LSU would be nice. Then, then maybe we'd see LSU instead of Clemson Bama every year. And dude, LSU with the talent they just recruit in their backyard is insane. Yeah. And, and I mean, number seven there. Yeah. I mean, Arch is in their backyard too. So I mean, he lives in New Orleans. I could totally see Coach O really making a strong push for him. I mean, Coach O would be the push. I mean, yeah. I think any high school player in the country. It's going to be Dude. interesting. If I was Coach Joe, I would call up Joe. I'd call up Joe Burrow and be like, hey, we got Arch coming in for a visual visit. You want to show him around? Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, show him your Heisman and everything. You know, your national championship ring. Joe Burrow had, like, the best year. Joe Burrow had, like, the best college season a quarterback could have. Bro. Dude. Maybe. No, I mean, the game's advancing. The players are younger and better. They are. I mean, they're freaks of nature now. I mean, I yeah. saw the this cornerback in seventh grade, and he's locking up some high schoolers. And I'm like, holy cow. I mentioned I, I, I think one of the offenses, when Harbaugh first started, uh-huh. I think he recruited like an eighth grade. 
<laughs> what the heck? Yeah. yeah. I, I was telling Dylan, I think, did you see that video? It's like that little kid. He's like in a Titans jersey. He's full pads. He knocks that one little kid down. Oh, oh yeah. Derrick Henry. That, that was just, that, to me, the kids are just, the talent yeah, is pooled. It's coming. The sports science and the medicine and the weight training and whatnot. Yeah. That makes these 16, 17-year-old kids, makes them ready already for the NFL. Yeah. And just the modern technology that we have. Really it is insane. I mean, they, the thing is, like, what the NBA did, they used to have them come out of high school, certain, like Kobe, LeBron, some of the greatest ones. But then they, what, instated that you have to go for one year. Do you think, I mean, we – I don't think – I can never see the NFL doing that. I mean, 17-year-old going up to a 25-year-old defensive lineman, he's going to get killed. I agree. I think it's the – it's just growing and developing. That's what I was thinking was not not necessarily the um, jump straight into the NFL. I don't think that could ever happen NFL-wise. But lowering the uh, the college standard for how long they have to be in college for. Because Derrick Henry was the all-time rushing leader in high school. Then at Bama, he was insane, won the Heisman. Like, Dude, he ran for 6,000 yards in a high school season. Yeah. That's insane. If I was on that team opposite of playing Derrick Henry, I would just fail every test on purpose and become academic ineligible. So I he's too big, coach. I ain't tackling that. You'd have to, you'd have to like the week you're playing with them. All of a sudden, all your assignments you go missing. <laughs> all of them. You don't show up to school. Yes. Oh my gosh, man. Oh, sorry. What was that? You cut out. Um, not really. I mean, definitely. Before you trash the Titans' defense this year, definitely go look at the new additions. Go look at some tape before you just trash everybody. Um, Dupree is good. Janoris Jenkins, one of my favorite corners. Good. Uh, Amani Hooker is going to be plugging in really good at strong safety. He had three interceptions last year, held up really good in coverage, and probably outplayed Kenny Vaccaro. So, wow. Yeah, so it was time to move on. Yeah. Clearly. I like Amani Hooker. Uh, he played at Iowa. Remember that ridiculous Ohio State interception, the guy with the one hand? Yep. That was him. I mean, um, in the Steelers game last year, he gave him a chance at the end of the game when the Steelers were driving for a touchdown to put mm-hmm. it away. He picked off Ben Roethlisberger and gave the Titans a chance to win that game. So, I mean, just upgrading kicker and – there we go. I hope not. He's. I hope he's not still there. At the start, he yeah. He did. He's all right, though. He's old, man. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, we are back here for our final segment of the day. We want to thank Cam again for being on. He's uh, pretty very – not pretty excited. He's very excited 
that is uh, Tennessee Titans acquired Julio Jones. So uh, we hope you enjoy what he had to say. We did talk a little Clemson football as he is a Clemson fan. Uh, we'll get into that maybe a little bit more next week. As uh, I think our theme next week is going to be Clemson players. We talked about it last week off air. There are a lot Clemson. There are a lot of good young Clemson players. Obviously, you know, just off the top of your head, you think of Trevor Lawrence, even though he hasn't played a snap in the NFL. Uh, Deshaun Watson's, a, I think he's still into that six-year window. Uh, another guy I like to think of, he's a little bit of a sneakier guy, though, Hunter Renfro. He caught the game-winning touchdown pass in 2017 or 2016 when Clemson won the national championship against Alabama. And he's now a slot receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. And he had a pretty good year last year. I mean, yeah, the Raiders really didn't have much to throw the ball to other than Aguilar. But him and Waller and him and Waller and Aguilar, they created a decent, decent trio for Derek Carr to throw the ball to. But let's get into it real quick. I'm gonna let you lead off with your Alabama superstar that has a chance to make it to the NFL. We did, and I'm continuing the theme. I looked at Dare I say we are not a Titans podcast? We are not a Titans podcast, but you know, this week maybe we are, but. Cam is on, so it's it's only fitting. And mm-hmm. every time Cam's on, we we talk good about the Titans. When he's off, he hears us talk bad. Not anymore, though, because you know I mentioned I I have the Titans going AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a playoff team. I think without Julio, yeah. with Julio, they they, just they can make a run for it. I think. Yeah, they're they're a big time contender for me now. Derrick Henry, though, King Henry. It's, it's King Henry. One of the best Alabama running backs yeah. of all time, I would think, behind maybe Sean Alexander at this point. I knew he was on the younger side. I was hoping he was within the window. When I mentioned Bama players, this was the first guy I thought of. I mean, his 2020 numbers alone, 2,207 yards. Eighth player in NFL history to hit 2,000 yards? Uh, yeah. Second Titan, too. Chris Johnson. Yeah. The last two guys that have done it are Titans. Chris Johnson, CJ2K, 2008. And then the Titans and uh, Derrick Henry in 2020. Unlike my previous guys, he has not started every game. But the numbers, going back to his 2,000-yard season, the numbers he had to put up to get there, he had averaged the last three games, I think he had averaged 200 yards, and he got 200 yards in three straight games, including 250 in his last game of the season. Phenomenal performance. Without Derrick Henry. A bell cow. I mean. Without Derrick Henry, though, this Titans team is not the same team. I'm sorry. No, they are not. They are a – Nine and seven, dare I say, eight and eight team without him. I think he he carries literally no pun intended. A lot of hopefully, load. hopefully he doesn't have to go for two thousand yard season this year for them to win a division. Now oh. that they have a little bit more help on the offensive yeah. side of the ball, they, they should be good. Rookie season, he you know he came in, he was sharing the load with whoever they had at the time. I think Demarco Murray's last year there, mm-hmm. or maybe someone else. Was he a first rounder? Um. He was drafted in the second round, I believe. So I didn't second. think he was a first rounder. Yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe I, running backs don't usually. I know off the top of my head, yeah, there are not 45. many. There are not many first round backs. Pick forty five, round two of the twenty sixteen draft. He is entering his sixth year this year, so he's been five years in the league. So he just makes the cut. Um, he is twenty seven years old, six foot three, two hundred forty seven. You remember that picture of him next to Dion Lewis? Deion Lewis was like 5'9". Have you seen five, the picture of Derrick Henry next to Mark seen. Ingram at the coin toss? It was the 2016 National Championship yeah. game when they played in Arizona, Alabama and Clemson did. And Ingram was like the coin flip guy. Yeah. And he made Derrick Henry look small. Or Mark Hen- Ingram look yeah. small. Yeah. Mark Ingram is <laughs> not a small human. No. Derrick Henry is one of those guys who just almost shouldn't exist. Physically, just different than any other player we've ever seen. Mm, you've never seen anything like I've it. I've never yeah. seen anything. And that's why I, 
I'm gonna when I get into the percentage, I'm pretty high on his percentage for Hall of Fame. Mm. Already the NFL player, offensive player of the year in 2020, first team All Pro 2020, second team All Pro 2019, two times Pro Bowl in the last two seasons, two times back to back NFL rushing yard leader 2019, 2020. That's something only like the greatest backs of all time mm. can say. Two time rushing touchdown leader in both those seasons. 2,000-yard club, obviously, we mentioned of this year. Then he's the Heisman Trophy winner out of Bama in 2015. He won the Doak Walker for Award, Walter Camp Award in 2015, unanimous All-American 2015, first-team All-SEC all 2015, two-time SEC champion. I know it's college, but still, 2014-2015. Alabama runs the SEC. Offensive player of the year, high school, 2015, all-time you imagine school. seeing him in high school? He's the all-time high school football rushing leader. Like in the country? All-time. My goodness. Like not just in the I, state I, of I Alabama. Sure All-time all in the in the United country. States of America, he has the most so. rushing yards in a high school football career. All-time. So. I believe so. Could you imagine sitting there in 11th grade yeah. world history class on a Friday afternoon? And you're sitting there listening to your teacher lecture, and then the, and then that night you have to try to tackle <laughs> Derrick Henry. Oh my gosh! It was like hey, it's like the it's comparison. No kids are getting CTE at a young age. <laughs> I mean, it's like in tenth grade when you would go against LeBron James, and you're sitting there in algebra class, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god, LeBron James is gonna dunk on me tonight." You guys hear about Zion Williamson coming to play yet? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you look at all these comparisons. Like you yeah. feel bad for some of these high school because they are playing against grown yes. men. Yeah. In high school. It's insane. Derrick Henry, uh, I, there was just that video of that little kid in, a, in a, I think, a Titans-type uniform. Uh, he's a little kid. He trucked someone, and I said Derrick Henry. Yeah, wasn't he like seven or eight years old or something, yeah. too? He's looking like a new Derrick Henry. But, I mean, the awards speak for themselves. Uh -huh. He has the 99-yard rushing touchdown, which he tied Tony. That was incredible. Out. That was I like six or seven guy. stiff arms. Yeah. I was watching that game, and that's, that's when I knew Derrick Henry – you know, he was legit. Mm -hmm. Stats-wise, he had the 2,000-yard season this year, 17 touchdowns. Last year he had – he was pretty close, 1,540 yards, 16 touchdowns. The year before was the year he had the 99-yard touchdown when he had – it was his first 1,000-yard season. Mm -hmm. Before that, in his sophomore season, 744. In the rookie season, he only had about 500 yards. Mm -hmm. But if you look – Sharing time, that's going to be the number. When he was sharing there. time, he, he had about a half a 1,000 yards in both. Almost 800 in the second. Five touchdowns in both the first. When he got the starting role in his third season, mm -hmm. uh, from then on, the last three seasons, over 1,000 yards. Last season, 2,000. His touchdown went from 5-5 five and five to 12, then 16, then 17. His production has been insane. In the last two seasons, he played 16 games the year before 15, and he started all of those. He is the measure of durability mm -hmm. at the running back position. You don't find someone like that playing. You saw two guys who were supposed to be the top running backs last season in Barkley and McCaffrey go down, go down. Like week two, week three. Mm -hmm. Durability-wise, you don't get better than Derrick Henry. And for his size, that's just what's so incredible about it. But 45 yeah. touchdowns in three years as a starter yeah. in the NFL, that's incredible. And 55 total. That's incredible. And as a starter, 45. You don't see that production. So he's going into his sixth year then, so he just made the cut then. Yeah. Just made the cut. He's entering that, you know, year. But this guy, I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. The durability, yeah, he's 27. He's going to – and running backs do have that shorter shot. But you can't, game plan. you can't game plan for him. 
You can't game plan getting run you over. embarrassed Josh Norman last year. Embarrassed one of our practice squad corners too. No, it wasn't a warrior. It was like one of our practice squad yeah. guys. He just that like so threw funny. him ten yards. But it was late season. We didn't care. The only knock, and it's not even a knock in Derrick Henry. It's the receiving game. But that's not his thing. He can do. He it. can catch it. He just he can't get 50, 60 yeah. grabs a, a year like McCaffrey or um or Barkley or any guys like that. He had two hundred yards Last year, one hundred. But I mean, if you get him open in the screen game, I mean, yeah, you might as well just. That's handed him I mean. the football. It's, I mean, it's not that he can't do it. It's not a special. They just don't team. need to. Yeah. You look at the weapons that the Titans have now, and yeah. even that they had before. You don't need to put Derrick yeah, Henry in the screen Deion game. You had Lewis for a while. Deion Lewis was a good screen back. Yeah. Um, really, though, when it comes to Derrick Henry, you're gonna get a guy who's gonna show up every game. Mm-hmm. When it when he needed the 2,000 yards, what did he do? He got more than yeah, 250. He, he got 250 like in his first game, he, he or his like, last game. He needed like 200 or like a little less in the last game. He got 253. Mm-hmm. Insane. You don't, you'll never find a guy like Derrick Henry ever. Uh-huh. The build, the durability, the, the touchdown, the yardage, 2,000 yards. That That's like for Derrick Henry, it, he makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. There's been very few people who've got 2,000 yards. Barry Sanders only got that one year, and he's the greatest mm-hmm. running back. In my Chris Johnson, Eric Dickerson. These guys. Did Peyton had 2,000 yards? Uh, Walter Peyton might have. I'm not sure. Let me look up who the 2,000 Because Chris are. Johnson and ED are the only two that names that pop into my head when I think 2,000 yards rushing I know Barry season. got one. Yeah. So Barry got one. Let's see. Because there's only like seven or eight. Yeah. That are in the 2K club. Um, let's see. And Peter, did, no, Peterson yeah, was close. OJ Simpson was OJ, yep. 1973. 1984, Eric Dickerson. Mm-hmm. And he has the all-time rush. He has yeah. the all-time rush yard list. I think he was at yeah. like 2,200 on Moss. Yeah, he, he, he was. 2,100, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was up. Barry Sanders w- was 13 years after. Mm-hmm. So it was 11 years between OJ and Dickerson. And 13, 13 between, between him and, uh, and Barry. Barry. The following year after Barry did it, T.O. did it. Or T.D. Terrell, Terrell Davis. Davis. Yeah. Then you have Jamal Lewis for the Ravens. Jamal Lewis has a 2,000-yard season? 2003. Really? So I knew he was a good back. I never thought he hit 2K, though. But then, look, the next three on the list are three of – Chris Johnson only had the one great year, let's be honest. But out of these last three, three of the best modern backs. Chris Johnson in 09, 2012 Adrian So I thought Peterson hit it once or he was really close. And Derrick Henry. And then Derrick Henry. That's an elite club. But, I mean, it's crazy. Besides the one year between – Smith is not on there. Your Walter Payton's not on there. Mm-mm. Tony Dorsett's not Emmett on Smith's there. the all-time rushing yeah. leader yard-wise. Some of these guys who you think would Frank Gore back. close second, but I don't think yeah. Frank Gore is going to hit it, unfortunately. Nah. As, as cool as that, I think that would be. There's no way. But, I mean, Derrick Henry to be the eighth player to do that, that's, that's a phenomenal feat. And especially for us to be able to, be to put in be, To be put in that company with guys like Jamal Lewis, with Chris Johnson. Obviously, I'm naming a little bit of the lower guys. Yeah. But you look, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders – those are two of the best running backs in NFL history. And this guy is a no-doubt Hall of Famer, I think, in my yeah. eyes. He, I already have him at a 95 Exactly. He doesn't need a Super Bowl. He doesn't need an MVP. I think the 2,000-yard season is his Super Bowl. I, I think so. And, and he's been on a contender. But I mean, he's the one they can made, make it. If, the, if he wins one, he's guaranteed, I think. Yeah. At this point, I'm going 95. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, and had he not had this last 2,000-yard season, I would have gone 85. Because mm-hmm. I still think... He's one, of, he's one of the best. But that 2000 season, like you're saying, pretty much solidified. He's an elite member of a club. And uh, the, the awards he's already demonstrated before the NFL, in the NFL, 
it, it shows you he's one of the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially, I think, one of the best in our generation. Um, and, you know, I know that probably makes Cam very happy to hear that. For sure. Um, but that's really all I got to say. I know you got to talk Marlon Humphrey. Yes, right? Marlon Which, Humphrey. Coincidentally, they met in two of the last, like, playoffs, right? Yeah. Ravens-Titans, both years. Yep, last year in the wild card round and in 2019 in the divisional round. What made you go with Marlon? Just basically on the fact that I haven't done very much on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the, the, the league is turning more into an offensive role. You look at guys, as you mentioned, as we mentioned in the first segment with college coaches bringing in that college style to the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury was a big part of that. Chip yeah. Kelly was the first guy to bring it in, bring it in that Oregon offense. Yeah. But uh, they were um, – Actually, they played the national championship game where Humphrey won in 2016 in the stadium that Kingsbury coaches in at State Farm Stadium versus Clemson. He is currently one of the best young secondary players in the NFL, Marlon Humphrey, number 44 on the Ravens. Uh, He was born July 6, 1996 in Hoover, Alabama. He went to Hoover, Alabama High School and was named to the USA Today All-US team in 2012 and 2013. So basically, he was all NFL first team high school version in two years. He also ran a little bit of track in high school. He won the silver medal in 2013 in the World Youth Championships in Ukraine. Um, Also, yeah, yeah. So it was almost like a youth. It was almost like a youth Olympics, and this man got a silver in that. He also was named to the USA Today All American Track Team. He was a first round pick with a 17th overall pick in 2017 by the Baltimore Ravens. He had a lot of offers coming out of high school to play football. Some of these schools included Alabama, obviously where he went. UCLA offered him. Florida State offered him. Clemson offered him. Georgia offered him. My Michigan State Spartans even offered him. So, uh, yeah, I know. And that was about the time when we were in our prime, too. Uh, Five-star by all scouting sites. Ranged in the sites uh, like ESPN and Rivals and whatnot from ninth best player in the country to 15th best in his class. He, all of them had him in the top five in the corner spot was not number one though. He was behind a lot of, not behind a lot of guys. He was behind guys like Jabril Peppers came out of that class. Adore Jackson came out of that class and, and a name that kind of made me laugh a little bit and makes me think how, um, you know, the Lions have screwed up in many drafts. Tease Tabor was in that high school cl- draft uh, class or that high school class. Tease Tabor. Why did we draft Tease Tabor? Exactly. I think Tease Tabor played what? One season, two seasons? I think he was mostly practice squad. Second round pick. But anyways, going back to Marlon Humphrey here, he was a two-year starter. It just shows that Saban has confidence in his guys. He redshirted his freshman year. So his redshirt freshman year, he comes in playing Wisconsin in their first game of the 2014 season and gets the start. It shows how much confidence Saban has in a lot of these freshman guys coming right out of the gates that they can just go plug and play, basically. His career in Tuscaloosa, he had 81 tackles, 13 pass defenses, five interceptions, with three forced fumbles, one of those five interceptions was a pick six. He came in um, into the combine. He was six foot, 197 pounds, running a 4.140 time and having a 10.5 inch broad jump. Wow! So now a little bit more news NFL career. He was the second corner taken in that 2017 draft. Marshawn Lattimore was drafted by the Saints before him. He came out the same year as Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the third corner on the team opening day behind Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith. Mm-hmm. His first career interception was in Lambeau Field off of Aaron Rodgers in Week 11 in 2017. He also had an interception, uh, I believe it was Week 14 or Week 15, against the Lions in that season. He finished his rookie year with 34 tackles, 11 pass defenses, and two interceptions. Both being in the NFC North. Yeah. 2018 saw him get his first uh, look at a starting job after a four-game suspension to start the year for Jimmy Smith. He finished that season with 35 tackles, 15 pass defenses, two picks, and a forced fumble. 
Just a little bit of his career numbers here. Uh, 218 total tackles, or yeah, total tackles, 12 tackles for loss, 51 pass defenses, 11 forced fumbles, and eight interceptions, but he does not have a touchdown yet in the NFL. He led the league last year with eight forced fumbles. Uh, just a little bit on Marlon Humphrey's personal life. He is single. And he, fun fact, he actually lives in a camper with his dog. Wow. And uh, he is currently in his free time building his own house. He sounds like a groovy dude. Yeah, builds, building his own house right now with his own bare hands. And he enjoys fishing as a hobby. So that's that's it on Marlon Humphrey, you know. Seems like a cool dude. Hall of Fame chances, maybe 50-50 right now. You know, he's yeah. not he's not obviously in that Richard Sherman type corner he's not range. Out of it and he's not in it. But, you know, he's he's made an improvement the last two seasons. I had him on player spotlight. He had a good game against the Texans last year where he had a couple forced fumbles and a couple big tackles. But he's on his way up, I think. Uh, he really showed up in the playoff game versus the Titans. Yeah. After Lamar went, you know, running and getting the touchdown and they went up, it came down the, to, to the defense to stop the Titans. Mm-hmm. And I believe he broke up the pass. Mm-hmm. And that forced the Titans he to did. have the He did, yeah. He he really made an impact, that, and and that's the thing I like about Marlon Humphrey is when I heard Marlon Humphrey's name, I thought, man, I feel like he's a veteran. I feel like he's been in the league eight, nine years. Exactly, and I looked it up, and he's only like in his fourth season. He's, yeah, he's going into, what, he was drafted 2017, so he's going into the fourth year. Going into his fourth year, yeah. Fourth, fifth year. But, I mean, he's, he's, 55 pass defenses already? Yeah, that's insane. And like you're saying, I don't think he's necessarily done anything that says Hall of Fame, but he also hasn't messed up to the point where he – like no. he's a tease table. I mean, he's not. He's not. He hasn't gotten all pro nominees or anything like that. But does he yes, have the potential? Yes, he has the potential. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think um, you know next next week I'm excited to do Clemson players mm, for sure. These college ones. We, we might continue this theme. Um, we also did like last last uh, week wide receivers. We could end up going defensive. We could end up going you know whichever way yeah. quarterback whatever doing more positions. But uh, you know I thought this was a good one. When I when I thought Alabama first player, I thought it was Derrick Henry. Um, I had a little bit of I was like, you know what, you thought Amari Cooper, you thought Julio, you thought of some of the older Alabama stars. And obviously when it comes to the quarterback game, they really I mean, this this could be the beginning of Alabama being a quarterback school again with yeah. having guys like Jalen Hurts in the league. Yeah, obviously Jalen Hurts Oklahoma. I don't think he, he went to Oklahoma in uh, his last year. But and then you have Tua coming out, and then you had uh, Mac Jones coming out this year. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more about Alabama quarterbacks in the years coming down the road. But they're mainly a wide receiver school right now yeah. with a ton of defensive talent. Yeah, and you're going to see that continue. Saban signed a three-year extension yesterday. He's going to be there, I believe, until 2029. His contracts until 2029. Which means we're going to see. Which ben means on. 10 10 more years we're going to be seeing Nick Saban dominate college football yeah, and turn out the, more NFL talent. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they they win whether they win they're it or not. Playing. They're there. I think they've been there about seven or eight years in a row. Yeah. So, uh, but that's going to be conclude episode number 59, guys. Thank you as always for listening. I do have a quick programming note. I think I mentioned this yeah. last week. We're going to be starting division previews. It's that time of the year again. Yep. We're getting close. I did some math a couple weeks ago and figured out that this is next week we can start. Episode number 60, we're going to kick it off. I think we're going to start this year with the AFC. We're going to go AFC East to start. So Breaking AFC East is going to be, yeah, just like we did it last year. I think I believe we did record. We did what place we're going to think they're finishing the division. Yep. We did some key players and some um, key departures and guys to watch for the 2021 season. And then once we break down all eight divisions, it'll be probably about August. We'll take a division winner from each division. Yeah. We'll throw them into the playoffs. We'll decide then who our wild card teams will be. 
and then week by week we'll be predicting until we get to the Super Bowl. I think I had C. I think we both had Seahawks Chiefs last year. I, uh, we were a little off on the Seahawks, we but we right I mean, can I can I smell maybe a quick prediction of a Cardinals Titans Super Bowl? That's maybe? what you're calling. I don't know, man. I got Titans Browns as my AFC champion. Well, for sure. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is gonna be. This could be the start of Mahomes' downfall. I don't think Chiefs just because just because he's gonna have competition now. Yeah. He didn't make it to the Super Bowl when Brady was there in the AFC. The year Brady leaves the AFC, yeah. he makes it. He's got competition again. He's got competition now. So it's going to be interesting. He's going to have Jackson. He's got Allen. And then we obviously Baker mentioned Baker, Tannehill. Tannehill. NFC is a little, little bit NFC. more hard to predict, I think. I'm I, I'm going Bucks. I don't know. I'm going quick Bucks because they, you, we've never seen someone just get all the same starters back. Yeah. You've got a year or two of a – you're going to see a more – Same guys together. Coaching staff still you're there. going to see a 17-0 season. First 17. You're going to say it boldly and say that we're going to get our first 17 or no season being the Tampa Bucks this year. Tampa Bay Bucks. Think about it. You had a phenomenal defensive performance against the best offense. They're the best offense. Chiefs are the best offense. But you realize not many guys on that team got hurt last year. You got to factor in the injuries. If, okay. What if what if Mike Evans goes down week 2? Chris What God, if what if Shaq that. what if Shaq Barrett goes down week 5? Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, not just for his skill. For oh, I'm just saying, leadership. what if what if injuries happen? You know, it's it's an, <laughs> we're seeing an undefeated season from the Bucks. I don't think so. Well, well, I, we're gonna break down like you said. What we got eight weeks of division previews. We've got the playoff picture. We're gonna continue. Can change that, even like you said, injuries could happen. Huh? Sadly, in minicamp, yeah. so trades. So we'll be back to our three segments. This is the yeah. this, I would say this was maybe more of a two and a half segment. Yeah. But we're definitely gonna be going back for the rest of the year. I'd probably say back until at least the Super Bowl again. Yeah. We're gonna be back to three segments. Yeah. We're gonna be doing division breakdowns, we'll do news and notes, and then we'll do our Hall of Fame yeah. segment, and then player spotlight will return. Maybe we'll start at another yeah. two, maybe two weeks before the season starts. Yeah. Maybe we'll break down a little bit of pre we'll have preseason to talk about yeah. this year. Unless I have a preseason. Maybe fun. we'll talk about some game, some right? sneaky guys that may make rosters that not a lot of people know about. But uh, don't forget, as always, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. We're trying to grow this family as we're getting really close to the 2021 season. Is there anything else you got to say before we go? Nope. Just thanks for listening. Thank you, Cam, for coming on the show, talking Titans. It's always a pleasure. And uh, that's really it. All right. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening.